This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. I am Glenn the Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I am Joseph Berto from White City, Oregon. You are listening to a special Horse Husbands Only episode of Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for June 28th, episode 1963, brought to you today by the Shaken Fork. And now, from the Man Cave at the Horse Radio Network. The monthly Horse Husbands episode. This one is for you guys. No horse women allowed. Well, it is that time. It's time for the Horse Husbands episode. Joseph is back, and we are Yay, here. I'm Yay. always happy to be here. We're here like the fourth Thursday of every month. And, of course, we have to give the disclaimer. This podcast is for Horse Husbands only. This particular episode, if you are a lady, if you are a female of any kind, you're not allowed to listen. Turn it off now. Walk away. Listen you know, to I've something else. I've always thought, Glenn, since no women are listening and you know, only three guys listen, that if we're the fifth most popular show, that means that usually what only seven people listen to you. That's show? right. How's that's that? correct. How that's does, all we have listening. That <laughs> that's, that's, <how laughs> that's what we. That's what we have listening every time. Uh, but yeah, so if you're a lady, turn it off. But we have a we have another roundtable scheduled for you tonight, and we have <laughs> we have a couple interesting things we're going to talk about, uh, and we're going to meet. We're going to go right to our roundtablers, and we have we have a a little bit of a difference between the two. Uh, we have a brand new newlywed, Patrick is with us and his wife is auditor lisa hi patrick hi now patrick um pat you may know patrick he's been on our horses in the morning show before because he actually proposed to lisa at rolex last year and we had them on to talk about that so he got a lot of brownie points with all the women in the audience there patrick you just got back from your honeymoon where'd you go uh we went to ireland for just under two weeks Wow, that's a nice trip, huh? Yeah, it was uh, it was great to get away from work and then go somewhere totally new and wild for both of us. So we both had a really good time. What were your highlights? You have, yeah, what were the you highlights? Have good weather there? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I guess we did. I, so it's always kind of looks like it's about to rain or just rained in Ireland. We did get patches of sun, and then on the last day we got you know lots of sun, but it never really rained or downpoured so i don't i don't really have any complaints oh that's great and she rode but you didn't right she got to ride correct i took my uh traditional place behind the camera lens. <laughs> that's, that's where we all are <laughs> um so she got to actually ride some fox hunting horses i saw and we're gonna have just to let everybody know lisa is going to be on tomorrow morning on horses in the morning to tell us all about that trip but what was the highlight for you of, well, what was the highlight for you that we can talk about from your honeymoon? <laughs> um, it's hard to, it's hard to pick one thing. Uh, the, you know, there's a couple of go-to tourist attractions over there, right? Um, the Klitsa Muller, I'm sure I'm saying that wrong, uh, and Giant's Causeway, 
which are just massive tourist destinations. But there's a good reason for it. They're super beautiful. There's nothing I've seen anywhere else I've traveled in the world. So that was really fun. Um, but then just the small stuff, like getting to our B&B, asking the locals where to go get dinner and just sneaking into a small little pub for a cup of chowder and a pint of beer was, you know, kind of hard to beat. You, yeah. you rented a car or something? Yeah, we rented a car for uh, the entire time we were there, which uh, <laughs> was a bit of an experience, right? Because it's uh, you're sitting on the right-hand side and driving on the left-hand side. Uh, but thankfully, we at least got an automatic, which was nice for me because I don't drive stick very well, let alone left-handed. <laughs> That's true. I had to do that once, too, and I do drive stick, and it was still weird. I just couldn't get the hang of it. Uh, and did you ever turn and end up in the wrong lane? I had done that at one time or two. Uh, yeah, I did, uh, but only minorly, thankfully, and it was out in the country um, with no cars around. Uh, the, the more scary one was when I got back here to the States and took a left turn into the wrong lane just after being <laughs> there for two weeks, which, again, thankfully there was no cars coming in, but it was more of a downtown situation that could have been a little worse. Yeah, that I, that I recall, it is the left-hand turns when you're over there that get you, too, because you go past the turn and then you go on the right-hand right-hand road and it's like oh you know head smack <laughs> that's true it is when you're stopped and make the turn that it's the hardest patrick how were you a horsey person before you met lisa uh no i, I knew what a horse was that's about it okay, perfect all right so bill <laughs> your bill's with yeah. us and his wife is auditor krista and bill you guys have been married six years uh five we've been together for six Okay, and were you a horsey person before that? I knew what they looked like. I watched a lot of westerns. <laughs> there you go, <laughs> perfect. Uh, but you race motorcycles, right? I do. So that you both have dangerous hobbies, really dangerous hobbies. Um, I think it's very. It's all a theory. Uh, horses think. Uh, the motorbikes don't. Um, the, obviously, there's velocity difference. But uh, mine doesn't just decide to turn, you know, if it feels like it. It's enough, you know, there's, there's that challenge. Do you feel like the motorcycles are more dangerous or the horses? Uh, I think, it, I'll just say this, um, I think the horses is a, is, a, is a more dangerous sport just because you have two minds um, and instead of just, you know, your guts and uh, whether or not you can make the turn. Uh, it, you know, it, there's, there's some trust involved when you're talking about a machine. And there's a great deal of trust involved when you're talking about an animal. And that is, uh, obviously, Chris has been injured in the past. So I know that, um, and I can walk away saying right now that I haven't been, just knock on wood. And what what uh, what kind of, dirt bike racing or what? Oh, no, I road race with Omra in Oregon. Oh, wow. So, so like, I go to PIR and, uh, yeah, I, I race the 600s. Are you doing wow. the kind where your knees are on the ground on the turns? Yeah, and if you do it wrong, your hip, your shoulder, and <laughs> <laughs> your head. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, and on television at late night, I think it's 3 o'clock, they've been having that, uh, that series on from Europe. And uh, it's just unbelievable watching the the skill of those riders, absolutely crazy. So, But you put leathers on and helmets, and you're pretty well protected. I would imagine. Oh yeah. Unlike your um, wife who standard, probably wears nothing. Yeah. The, <laughs> yeah. The standard service, uh, is, uh, is, is, you know, back protector helmet, full leathers that have the armor and, and then, you know, boots, accessory gloves, all, you know, Kevlar and reinforced and, 
and slideable, you know. And then um, Chris and I have been talking about uh, getting the, you know, the air suits or the oh yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the best. Yeah. Um, and I chose to pass on it because the suit uh, didn't exactly fit properly for me. But um, I'm still wanting to get her one just because you know I'm I'm only going to fall 14 to 18 inches. Inches, she yeah. Falls multiple feet. Yeah, but you're so, doing 80 miles an hour. No, that's that slide yeah, no, part he's talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, well, actually, uh, with what I do, I at the braking zone, I let off at 160. Oh, wow. there you go. <laughs> but you just got to hit the brakes and just got to turn. You know, it's just, you know, you got to use the old. Yeah, what added, could go you know, wrong the, the at 160 racing. miles an hour on two wheels? Nothing. Nothing could go wrong with that. Oh, oh no. The uh, Well, the, the gyroscopic effect of the wheels actually keeps the bike upright. And then um, you become your own airfoil as soon as you, you pop up from underneath the bubble and you start downshifting on the brakes and... You look through the turn, and away you go. Your knee hits the ground, and and off you go, chasing the tail oh. of the next guy. Yeah, it's but it's fun. watching the, the the rear rear end sliding from acceleration. You know, <laughs> as you guys are giving it power, leaving a corner, and you've got this <laughs> drift going on with a motorcycle. It's like, how the heck do you control that dime well, sized patch of rubber? You know, uh, the guys that are. Uh, Obviously, at the top of the game in our area, those guys can do that. I backed it in a few times, uh, coming into a corner and having the rear end come out, so it makes it you know shoot straight. But that was definitely a seat tightening experience. I'm I'm uh, I'm at the lower end of the spectrum. How about that? I'm I'm quick, but I'm not fast. <laughs> yeah, at a hundred and a hundred and sixty miles an hour turn entry, you're at the entry level. I get that. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, no, that's it. You basically you slow down, and I think you hit the apex of one between 77 and 84 miles an hour, depending on skill level. I think that's kind of, yeah. So we're not going that fast at that point. That's, okay. I got to break. Give life. I got to ask I, you I this. could talk forever because it's such a thinking game, <laughs> yeah. you know, with watching the guys in front of you. I got to ask you this then. Oh, have okay. you switched? Has she sure. tried motorcycle and have you tried horses? Yeah. I have ridden horses and I ride them incorrectly because you have to stay in the center of it. And I want to lean off. <laughs> she says I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna fall off. Uh, but uh, she had a really cool horse um, before she had to have knee surgery, and we had to um, had, we had to send him on down the line uh, until she recovered. That she trained to the point of um, where you could back him around. And since I drive for a living, the first thing I started to do is backing him through uh, barrels. So um, that was going backwards. Mate, was more fun to me than going forward on the horse, just because you know, I mean. I guess it's, you know, I, it was, a, it was definitely a fish out of water. So, and she doesn't really need to ride motorbikes. It, I think I take enough risks for the, on the, for asphalt burn. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I'm surprised you... you didn't propose it like Lime Rock or, or uh, Laguna Seca or something. I was, I was, uh, I was, I was so much more low key. I just looked at her with driving in the car and I said, Hey, you know, I really like you. I think you really <laughs> like me. Would you like to get married? You know, <laughs> there you go. It worked. I think you're pretty cool. <laughs> I really like you, man. What a great line. <laughs> Let's get married. Hey, uh, Bill, what do yeah, you do? Exactly. I want to ask you both one more question and then we'll get started. What do you do for a living, Bill? Uh, I'm an owner operator. I own a company. A trucking company? You do what kind of dump trucks, yeah. flat trucks, whatever? 
Uh, yeah, I do both. Uh, so, like, if you ever do stuff with your lawns here, well, anywhere in the United States, but uh, I do flatbed work, and I haul miracle Grow products, and then I also oh. own dump truck. Oh, cool. All right, good. And then, Patrick, what do you do? Uh, project management for a automated material handling solutions company. And uh, we understood none of that, but it sounds like it's fun. <laughs> Which it's uh, it's the conveyor and the logistics that goes inside your local Amazon warehouse distribution. Oh wow! Center. Your hobby, just real quick, yeah, uh, Patrick. Uh, I am a fly fisherman and a record collector. Probably my two big hobbies. We- so not not quite the same danger level. Although I don't know, getting a fly caught in your ear that, that, that ranks up there. I, yeah, it's certainly been close sometimes. Yes, <laughs> you're the first record collector we've ever had. That's for sure. Um, <clears throat> and what size is your record collection? Um, I think it's getting up just above 300 right now. Cool. Wow, very cool. And that's it's probably mostly newer stuff, but there's definitely some classic releases in there as well. Well, we, uh, I, I had a plan for today, and I threw it out the window about an hour ago. Um, so I asked for questions from listeners like we usually do in the roundtable, and I have some of those, and we'll get to some of those a little bit later if we have time. But in the meantime, we always like to do something fun in the show, so I asked the listeners, what is, and these are all women answering this, what is the one thing your husband does at home that drives you nuts? And I said it doesn't have to be horse-related, so this could be anything. And I thought we'd just go down through some of these, and we'll kind of find out, do we do these things? Uh, You know, how many of these things do the four of us do? And do we think that they're a bad thing? In other words, are they just being nitpicky, and is this really a problem? And then, you know, we could always answer 5,000 things uh, that our wives do that uh, drive us nuts, which uh, would, I bet you would elicit a lot of the same kind of things, actually. Stands in the kitchen kitchen and yaks at me while I'm cleaning. If you're going to be there, you can help while you talk. Yeah, I notice there's a recurring theme about kitchen stuff. Yeah. Um, We have this one here that said, he wants me to cook but criticizes on how I do things in the kitchen. Now, that must be newlyweds, because I would never do that, right? Yeah, I think I mean, you learn. You, you learn pretty fast that if you're going to do that, you're going to have cereal for dinner every night. <laughs> Patrick, are you doing that one yet? You're the newlywed here. I don't think I am. <laughs> Maybe I am, and I don't uh, realize I'm doing it, but I guess I kind of consider it thanking my lucky stars that someone's here maybe making dinner for me some night, so I try not to criticize too much on, you know, what pan's getting used for what. <laughs> do you do you do the cooking, or does she, or do you split it? Uh, we, we split it. I'm not going to say 50-50, because that'd probably be lying, but it kind of depends on, uh, like, tonight she's up at the barn, so I'm at home, and I'll try maybe tonight to have some food ready for her when she gets here, and then other nights I'm working late, and she'll have something waiting for me, so. Yeah. Bill, do you do any cooking? Uh, my ta- Oh, yeah, of course. I, I, I split the duties. I am, I'm not a culinary, ex- a culinary expert by any stretch, but uh, some of our schedules definitely dictate needing to do it. There's another theme, Joseph, that's going through these. Uh, one of them says, oh, and he calls to ask if s- something is planned for dinner when he's off work, and I'm not. Uh, there was a couple of these that definitely <laughs> talked about, or the one said, while having breakfast in the morning, he asked me what's for dinner. So 
<laughs> I if I did that, we'd be not eating. Right. Yeah, there'd right. be no food. That, that assumption of food, uh, that that's a pretty. My, I mean, I I have to say, my wife Diane does a fantastic job mm-hmm. of making dinner, um, and she does it very very much more often. And I guess you kind of after a while you learn when it's really uh, enough is enough, and it's time for you to pitch in. Yeah, I Make think so. Make it every once in a while. Plus, I, it, it breaks up the monotony. Here's one that I think my wife does more than I do, and this has been a theme through through some of them, too. Puts a dirty glass on the counter instead of inside the dishwasher. She has a tendency to leave them places or to put them on the counter and not in the—I have had to bug her about that one. I think she's worse at that than I am. <laughs> Anybody? Anybody have a— I got that one big time. Yeah? Yep. That's definitely my, I stack stuff on the counter all the time. Uh, guilty. Between, uh, I grew up with put all your dishes in the sink or near the sink, and then at the end of the night, we'll do all the dinner dishes and all the like, miscellaneous dishes, and uh, <laughs> it doesn't fly around here anymore. <laughs> that Not approved. And I don't know, newlyweds, have you had time to go through these things and get mad at each other yet about certain things? Um, uh, yes and no. Yes, we've had time. No, we haven't really gotten mad at each other over some of these little things. Uh, it just, uh, I don't know if it just hasn't come up yet or if it's just, we're both easygoing enough that she puts up with my dishes and just gives me the polite or sometimes not so nice reminder that I did put that cup near the sink instead of in the dishwasher 12 times. instead of being Yeah. Patrick, we'll talk to you in a couple of years and see how that's going. <laughs> um, so- <laughs> I love this one, Joseph. Hit stop on the microwave and leaves like four seconds on the timer. I have heard that one before, and for some reason, that drives people insane. I never even think about it. Me neither. Uh, uh, I mean, I'm never around when the microwave is running. I'm off doing something else, and I come back, and the food's cold. So it definitely doesn't apply to me. <laughs> I don't know why. I guess that's, maybe that's a woman thing, because I never even noticed. Oh, this, I saw this one here. Yeah, go ahead. It says, can't find anything on his own. Oh. I have no idea how he manages when I'm not here. And that one strikes way too close to home. Yeah, me too. Because I think my wife hides things on purpose. I just do so too. that. Really? You have the I same thing too. going on? <laughs> I can't find anything. And she always no. finds it instantly. I mean, salad dressing. I'll, I'll be looking high and low for salad dressing, and I can't find it. She walks over, and it's right in front of me. Oh, that's one of the maddening ones. Oh, no. But I, I, do I hear Jennifer coming number. over. This could be bad. I will see. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> here she is. <laughs> yep, she said, I can never find anything. I can't. And she finds it right away. Joseph, I never thought about the fact that she's hiding it, so we can't find it. Oh, I'm convinced. Yeah, it, it, that's the way this guy. And and sometimes she accuses me of the same thing. And it is really weird. I feel so superior when I can walk over and find something that she can't find. Bill, and you have so, this problem at all? But that's like one in a hundred. Oh, if I have to go grab anything that she hasn't found, or the otherwise, uh, or or the other way around, I just ask whether or not she took the cloaking device off because it was sitting in front of me. I just did not see it. Right. So you know, normal. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. There, uh, another recurring theme involves clothing, specifically dirty underwear. Uh, leaves his dirty underwear on the bathroom floor behind the door. Go to open the door, gets stopped by a pa- pile of nasty underoos. You? <laughs> no. <laughs> 
I think I do pretty good at putting my clothes in the hamper. Um, shoes are a different story. I do leave those all over the house. Uh, well, I tripped over my own shoes about a week ago, and I made a mental note to self. <laughs> Don't do that anymore. So now I've gotten actually a lot better. After 20 years, I'm finally noticing where I take my boots off. We got had to get better because now we have a blind greyhound, so we have a sight hound that can't see. And so now we have to keep everything clear in the in her path that she walks. So that's forced me to get a little better about leaving my shoes everywhere. Uh, How about you, Patrick? What have you found here? Uh, with uh, leaving laundry around? Yeah. yeah. Um, that one, I don't think I'm guilty of. We got a, a hamper in the bathroom and stuff tends to get in there pretty quickly. But I guess what I'm probably very guilty of is I travel a bunch for work and I'll come home and just throw my suitcase in the middle of the floor or leave it in the hallway, you know, where she's going to hit it when she comes home for the day um, and don't necessarily unpack it. As I was going to say, who unpacks it? <laughs> <laughs> I, I still unpack it, but it's uh, rarely uh-huh. or maybe even never the day I get home. Well, you're too tired. Why would you unpack it the day? That makes no sense to unpack it then. <laughs> Well, sometimes it seems like I pack it right back up by the time I unpack it. So here's, a, it, right? here's another one that makes absolutely no sense. My wife and I decided this when we got married, and it makes no sense to me why people even do it. Uh, and maybe you guys can explain. Maybe uh, we'll, we'll do a poll and see who does this. Uh, and the one complaint was he can't make a bed to save his life. To save his life. I, yep. We never make our bed. Nobody goes in our bedroom but us. We pull the sheets up. We pull the blankets up to the top. That's it. It's not made fancy and all of that. I never understood why you're making a bed for nobody to see. Do you guys make your beds? So let's do a poll. Joseph. Absolutely not. Good. All right, we, good. I we, like you, Joseph. It's messy. I figure we leave the sleep in the morning, we get back into that sleep in the evening. I would never make a bed. How about Patrick? Make the beds? Yeah, I second that. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> and Bill, make the bed? Oh, oh, you guys are heathens. I have to have the bed made. I was trained. <laughs> I was kept <Jeff> man. <laughs> Were you military? Uh, no, uh, <laughs> but I have been trained by my wife. She's like, you will make a bed. You will not have a bed. Did you ever ask her why? <laughs> Did you ever say, why are we making the bed? Nobody comes into our bedroom. Because she comes back with the, the statement, do you take a shower in the morning? Because you don't need to take a shower in the morning, do you? You know, and it's, it's the, why do you wash your car? Why do you do those things? You make your bed. I guess, I don't know. It's got to be something that started back millions of years ago. You know, somebody in a cave somewhere said, throw the loincloth a specific way. <laughs> yeah, that was one of, the, one of the joys of becoming 18 and moving away from home was, was the freedom from, I'm not going to make my bed anymore. And right. that's that. That's yeah. right. So, oh. Krista, <laughs> we are saying to you, I give full permission for Bill to never make the bed again. Uh, full permission. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love this one, too, and I'm guilty. I'm guilty. Jennifer's going away for five days here coming up. She's going riding in North uh, New Mexico. And uh, I like this one. says, completely incapable of correctly feeding the dogs. If I'm out of town, I'm guaranteed to come home dogs who have gained 50 pounds. I do have a tendency to overfeed every animal, and I don't see anything wrong with that. They're all happy. (laughs) (laughs) I don't see anything wrong with that. I don't think that's any problem at all. Uh, You know, that's sort of true. Yeah. 
Anybody yeah, else? Do you I'm guys? guilty of that one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I had a cat Everybody. prior to Lisa moving in. She had a cat prior to moving in. Uh, and her cat, once we were living, all four of us living together, uh, definitely packed on some pounds <laughs> because I was used to just filling the dish up and keeping it full. And didn't the cat look happier? Uh, I assume so. I don't know. She's kind of a grumpy cat. Hopefully Lisa doesn't listen to this and hear me say that. <laughs> <laughs> I think the cat was happier. Everybody's happier, a little fatter. I think that's true. Um, let me see here. What other... Uh, uh, there was one other one I wanted to do. Oh, uh, the other recurring theme was starts projects and don't fin- doesn't finish them. But that's a guy thing. I think Tim Taylor made that clear, that, that when you start a project, you don't have to finish it. He did a whole show on it that lasted 10 years about never, <laughs> never finishing projects. I think... Uh, I think Tim Taylor's the god of all men, and we don't have to finish projects. I I see one here. There's talking about projects that she dreams about and how he will do them, but I have yet to see any arena, but the posts are there to start it. (laughs) (laughs) That's the flip side. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Phil, are you expected to do projects? Do you have a list? Do you have the honeydew list? Um. I will say this, that I'm pretty squared away on, like, I, I take care of the outside of the house, and we share the indoor uh, capacity, but she does the grocery shopping and all that, so there's some give and take there. When the good idea strikes, and a good idea fairy knocks on her door, and she comes up with an idea, sometimes I will file that project further back into the, you know, the to-do list, without a doubt. Uh, if it's something that's like, why am I doing this? So, you know, uh, I, normally I've got enough stuff up front that, uh, like, you know, yard, roof, level, you know, all the things, pressure wash the the driveway and all that. You know, dude, just being a, a super dad or whatever you want to call it so I can go have fun when I need to. <laughs> There's one more. Mm-hmm. I, uh, we'll go, we'll do, make this the last one, and then we'll go into our questions we have from listeners. Follows me around the kitchen. This is the exact opposite of all the other dirty guys. Follows me around the kitchen while I'm cooking and takes the spoon knife spatula while I'm using it and throws it in the dishwasher. He also takes the pan with the saucer gravy off the stove and starts washing it before dinner is served. Hard to have a stir fry when the soy sauce goes down the drain. <laughs> this is exactly- I bet he- that happened. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He probably makes the bed and puts hospital corners on him. Yes, you know? a little OCD is what I'm thinking. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, a little OCD. <laughs> I have one suggestion for her, and I'm not going to give out the name, is divorce. I guess you're only, that's your only option. <laughs> Just walk away. He's too OCD. Uh, mediation. <laughs> He's not even a guy. Just walk away. <clears throat> All right. Let's take a break for our sponsor for this episode, which is Shake and Fork. And then we're going to come back with some listener questions that the roundtable is going to answer. You know, I've been really fortunate to be associated with Horses in the Morning for quite a number of years as a, as a sponsor. And uh, we've been selling the Shake and Forks for that entire time. Um, we've actually had quite a run recently because of uh, uh, the Horse Husbands episodes. But it always surprises me when I get a phone call like I did this morning from a new customer that was so happy that she found the shaken fork. Uh, she said she'd been searching for something like it for years because she has joint issues and she was actually considering selling her horses because she could no longer manually agitate her fork to clean her stalls. Huh. Um, 
she was amazed to find out that we've been building these forks for more than 10 years. Uh, it was on May 29, 2007, that we got our first patent. And uh, about four years, it was about four years before that, we started developing them. So it's been almost 15 years. Um, we did seven years of shows where I drove around with a horse trailer back east and uh, to, to Scottsdale and all over the place. And people are still just finding out about them. Um, it's the oldest ones that are wearing out now, the ones that are six and seven years old. And um, we talk to the old customers about their experiences, and they're buying new ones usually because they become indispensable. Usually they're buying the latest carbon fiber version, which is great. They're more expensive, but they're lighter weight. So any horse owner that has uh, more than three horses and stables, of course, where you're going to keep them picked by using a manure fork to separate the road apples, should at least consider our shaken fork. Um, perhaps not today, but when the need arrives, if your, your joints start to hurt or you just want to save time or money, we definitely have the right tool for the job. And one of the things I, I relate it to is, uh, I don't know how often you replace your toothbrush, Glenn. But for years, when I bought a toothbrush, I looked right past the battery-powered ones, the ones that give a little vibration, and I just bought the manual ones. Then a couple of years ago, I bought the battery-powered one, and now that I've tried it, I can't do without it. I could never go back to trying to clean by moving my hand in that big motion to try to clean my teeth. And it's kind of the same story with the shaken fork, that once you use a fork that does the sifting for you, you pick up the manure, you squeeze the trigger, it's variable speed, it agitates the fork tines for you, the manure stays on, the shavings fall through, and the job is done. If you've got to go back to doing it manually, or you can remind yourself what it's like, just don't squeeze the trigger, but if you've got to go back to that, you'll, you'll be pretty quick thanking goodness that you've got one that has a battery. So you can reach us here at uh, equitymanufacturing.com. That's E-Q-U-I-T-E-E-M-F-G.com. And uh, Diane and I run the office. And if you have questions, you can just call us direct. Well, we're back here on the Horse Husbands episode. We have our round table here. We have newlywed Patrick, whose auditor's wife name is Lisa. And we have Bill, who's been married for five years with uh, Krista for six. And we have some questions from listeners that were posted today, all women. Kelly says, what do you truly think of the amount of time your wife spends with her horse? Let's start with Patrick. Uh, so we, we have a half lease on a horse right now, not horse owners. So I think that probably regulates how much time she spends. Um, so I was thinking about it, you know, kind of tallying up the hours and it's, it's a few hours throughout the week, but I don't feel like it's anything over the top. And I only say that, and I mentioned fly fishing earlier <laughs> in the episode here is that I spend hours fly fishing, not catching any fish. Right. So I think we're both equally dedicated to our hobbies and not too over the top in any crazy way. Yeah, when you take a look at the two, at least when she's there, she's out, she's doing something with the horse, you're standing there hoping something happens. I'm doing something uh, with nature, maybe catching a fish along the way is how I try to think about it to keep myself in a positive <laughs> mindset. <laughs> That's what I, I don't think I could do it. I'd just go nuts. And, and you, of course, now, Bill, you have a big hobby that takes time in racing motorcycles. So is this even a concern of sure. yours? Or are you hoping she's with the horse a lot? Actually, uh, my hobby runs approximately six months a year, uh, and it's one weekend a month. 
And okay. then her hobby is 365 days a year in some way, shape, or form. I feel it is a very reasonable trade-off, and I'm very happy for her that she does this. <laughs> uh, the, the, no, the reality is is that we all know um, women are all slightly crazy, just like we all are. And if this is what keeps their world balanced and keeps them happy and rolling, then I support it every way I possibly can. That kind of leads to the next question that, that Kimberly asks, and this is kind of going to you, Bill, is does your family have a motorcycle budget or a separate motorcycle account or horse account? Um, I am sponsored by PayPal and no, I was kidding. I'm an eBay. No, uh, she, uh, <laughs> we, nice. uh, we have, we have a, um, we make enough money to budget our, our lifestyle, um, for her to do the horse things and for me to perform my ridiculous, bad life choice pursuits. And, That's wonderful. um, and it makes it so, um, we, we spend a great deal of time together. So, and we try to cross pollinate our hobby. So she'll come to the racetrack and take photos and I will go and pet the horse whenever she wants <laughs> to. And, and which is, you know, it's very important to me to rub a horse nose. So it's, it's, it's a win. So it, I guess it's, it's very straightforward. It, it's just kind of a give and take, you know, I, I've, I've learned to love horses just cause they're like a giant dog. So, you know, it's just something to go see. Depending on how you finish a race, how does she deal with your elation or disappointment if you don't do, I mean, I, I know from a guy standpoint and the woman doesn't do as well as she thought it's very, at least from my standpoint, it's very difficult because I want to fix it. And that's the last thing she's looking for. So what, what does a woman do? Well, um, the, the big win every time you race as an amateur is the bike comes home the same way it left with more rubber boogers underneath the tail. So I've been very, I've, I've won every race that I've been involved in, in as far as that goes. But, uh, if I don't, if I'm not like reaching my personal, like perspective or potential, she just goes, you know, you're not getting paid to do this. It's about having fun and not to mention you beat, you know, 75% of the other guys. So you should feel good about it. You know? And does so, that answer work good supportive. for her? Um, uh, she, she's a winner, you know, that's, <laughs> so, uh, I mean, <laughs> she spends, whenever she competed, she has like a, a, a massive box of blue ribbons. And I look at it with a little bit of contempt because I'm like, no, you're such a winner. But you know, I, I, she, she's, um, she's a very driven person in terms of, um, her desire to do what's best for her animal and for her. And so, uh, if she doesn't feel like things are working out, uh, quite as well, then I always try to point out um, all the positive things and the direction she's going to make sure I'm up, I'm kind of holding her up if she's feeling down. So I guess I'm trying to be a good husband that way. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know that sounded political, huh? I know, but it's true. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, so Patrick, do you guys have a set budget for the horse that, that you, you're doing every month? Um. So we're obviously a new family, right? And we're kind of figuring some of this out. So we, we've talked about it and we kind of have a rough plan in place or what we think we're going to do, but <laughs> I'm glad this is one of the questions because now I can listen to you guys weigh in and kind of shape our decisions. Um, but yeah, right now, since we have a half year lease, uh, there is a, a budget for that every month. Um, I wouldn't say we necessarily have a budget for her 
any sort of monthly, um, whether it's a show she's going to or additional clothes or whatever it is, kind of just been, you know, go for it for now out of your own finances and we'll sort through this as we go forward once we start figuring out how to merge bank accounts and set aside how my work per diem when I travel gets put into some fund that, you know, maybe comes our um, fund money, that sort of thing. You know, I can't, this one's tough for me to answer because Jennifer is the most frugal person you'll ever meet in your life. So, as a matter of fact, it almost drives me crazy that she's so frugal, and I finally have to say, just go buy it. So, with her, it's like every purchase, whether it's large or small, has to be researched to the to the nth degree. And I'm just like, okay, the horse needs food, right? Just go buy it. So, with me, I don't think I can answer that because it's almost just the opposite. She is so frugal, and I'm. I'm absolutely on board with you. Diane is also so frugal. I'm the spendthrift, except if there's a horse-related thing like an injury, there's the 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 uh, the gloves are off, right? Don't don't be complaining about the check I'm going to write at the end of this because that's just who you're married to. But but in general, Diane is also so frugal with money, so careful how she spends it. But there are things that. That's just part of being a horse husband is is um, those monies are going to get spent, and that's that. Yeah, the vet bills, you just can't even – I don't even count those. So just like, You don't? <laughs> no, it's yeah. just – you can't budget for them, right? So because they're nope. always, you know, come at the worst times. Uh, yeah. But but the average everyday stuff, yeah, I, I, I'm I like you, Joseph. I, I spend more than she does. I don't yeah. – I'm the one that goes to the grocery mm-hmm. store, and I just buy whatever I want to buy. She's the one that shops for every single item and compares – the generic with this and that, and I'm just running through the store throwing crap in the cart. So, yeah, I, I, I think that I will one... say it helps with my hobbies because she, she knows how much she's out there spending. <laughs> so I'll uh, be yeah. at a record store, you know, going through, oh, I don't, probably don't need to bring all four of these home. And she'll just, oh, don't even worry about it. You should definitely take all four of those. And <laughs> then it'll be a fraction of what she spent, you know, a day earlier on yeah, something. Yeah, on her new pair of $300 breeches that she bought. Yep, I got exactly. you. Yeah, <laughs> I got you. Uh, so let's ask the next question. This kind of relates. There were a lot of questions involving money this time. So I think a lot of uh, horsewomen are having these issues at home right now. Would you care if your wife made a large horse-related purchase, several hundred to seven, several thousand dollars, without asking you first? And, you know, I think this goes the other way, too. I once came home with a car without talking to Jennifer. Now, granted, we were very early on. I'm not even sure we were married, but we've been dating a while. And I never even told her and drove in with a brand new car. So I learned not to do that again, by the way, guys. Mm. Um, That didn't happen (laughs) a second time. So anybody want to weigh in on this one? Sure. Uh, Chris and I have talked about that. So we have a specific dollar figure. Usually it's under $100. If it's something that's, you know, frugal, it's something that's necessary, it doesn't really matter. But if it's something you just want under $100, whatever, if that's, if, you know, if, it, if they feel so propelled. But if it's something that's several hundred dollars, several thousand dollars, it's, you know, it's just, it's just good house politics to talk to your partner and know what's going on. So you kind of know where the, where the money's headed. Yeah, that was really well put. In our case, when Diane buys a horse, it's actually not so much about the money. It's just, do we really need another horse? And yeah. are you going to have the time to spend it? And those kind of conversations, the justifying of the purchase of something, like I would really like to have a Boss 302 Mustang, but 
we live on a dirt road, you know. <laughs> You'd be washing that sucker every day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not really practical. And that's the sort of thing that she'll remind me of when, 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 when I see it. And the same thing happens when she'll be talking about the horse. And I say, well, who, who's going to ride it? You know, you already have so many horses that you're riding right now. There's really not the time. And don't be buying one for me. <laughs> that's not going to work this time. God, Jamie and Chad must have fun with these conversations with all Jamie buys without telling Chad. So, Patrick, uh, Patrick, your newlyweds have, is this something you've ever discussed? Uh, what the threshold, what the limit is before you have to talk to the partner? So, we've, uh, we've definitely talked to you that first comment. Um, I don't know that we've, you know, picked that X equals value yet where you have to then bring it up to somebody. But uh, I'll say at this point, it's, Anything over a hundred dollars, I normally mention to her. She mentions to me just because it's keeping each other knowing what we're doing. Uh, I will admit that every once in a while, I do drop a little bit of money on that expensive record that I maybe don't need. That I don't necessarily mention right away how much I paid for it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, maybe occasionally. Well, you're uh, even because she does the know, same thing. Really, what I'm into. So. <laughs> you're even. Believe me, she does the same thing. When we had our store, our our uh, tax shop. I cannot tell you. Half the women that came in had credit cards the husband didn't know about mm. to buy the horsey stuff. <laughs> At least half I had credit cards that the husband knew nothing about. I don't know how you get away with that, but they seem Well, my to. wife pays the bills. She might have two or three of those. I, I wouldn't uh, have the foggiest idea. Well, that's true. If she pays the bills, they can get away yeah. with it then, right? I, but I don't think that, that she does, but she could if she wanted to. There you go. <laughs> there you go. And I mean, now we, that you don't have to have the statement sent home, it's probably easier, right? Probably. But when, you know, here on the ranch, there's the unexpected repairs to a tractor or something like that that so far exceed anything that we would spend on a purchase that was, you know, for, for ourselves. It's it's so frustrating to to be going along and suddenly you lose an injection pump or something like that and you spend four thousand dollars when we can't manage to spend four hundred dollars for something that we would like you know just for our own self just a discretionary purchase so right. I think that after a while we've just become numb because these these out of pocket expensive to 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 keep a ranch functional are are so great. And that leads to the next question. Marlene asked, at what point in your relationship did you just give up and go along with pretty much everything your horsey wife wants and does or expects? Uh, so, Patrick, you're not there yet, uh, so we can't even talk to you. You got, a, you got a few years for that yet. Bill, have you gotten there where you pretty much just given up? And Well, it's not so much a give up as it was an acceptance because you're not going to be able to change the person who you're married to. That's you know, the way they always say a woman tries to change the guy or whatever, you know, when, you know, that's the, the age old adage or whatever. Why well, I, I choose what we did is when we, we were going to get married, we both accepted our hobbies as something that was part of us. And you just kind of got to roll with it. And now there's obviously tempering of certain things. Like, you know, you can't go do certain things that you'd want to go do if you were a single person where you just had the unlimited funds to go crazy. But um, basically if she wants to go do something, she, um, I try to facilitate it for her, and if I'm going to go do something, she facilitates it for me. So I guess that's, I don't know if that's giving up or giving in or just trying to help each other out. I don't know. <laughs> it's the dope deal we made. I think it was probably four or five years for me before I figured that out, uh, and then just gave <laughs> up. I think it was probably four or five years in. Joseph, 
you yeah. Tur- yeah, you turned into a horse guy, so it's it's a whole different story for you. Yeah, I I kind of had the the same answer though. Is is at the, at the very beginning you're kind of a, a controlling boor, and then after a while you just go, wow, this really isn't working, and you kind of change your change your tune a little bit. But in so many ways, and I've said this over and over again, there's so much to admire about horsewomen: their kindness and compassion and caring, and and um, there there's going to be a certain just uh, give and take on it. And in general, you receive more than you have to give. Well, I think that we're going to end it on that. Thank you guys for joining us. We really appreciate you being here. Uh, Patrick, good luck. You've got three or four more years, and then you'll give up. Um, (laughs) Yeah, thanks for having me. (laughs) Yeah, you can look forward to that. Uh, And Lisa will be on the show tomorrow talking about your honeymoon. So uh, her and Jamie will be geeking out about uh, her riding in Ireland, I'm sure. That's probably all we'll hear about is the day that uh, she was riding. And Bill, thank you so much, and be safe on those motorcycles. Hey, thanks a lot. And if you guys feel compelled, well, actually, one one of you guys live here in Oregon, right? Yeah, I do, uh-huh, Joseph. Oh, yeah. If you ever feel compelled to to come watch the races, uh, they're they're always posted, and uh, you can you can get out to PIR and you can go hang out in the pits with us if you'd like to come. Oh, that would what be wonderful. Horse power does rather than just horses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thank you, guys. Appreciate it. <laughs> hey, thank you. Have a great night. Thank you for having me on. All right. Take care. Well, what a fun uh, couple of guests. They were they they were really good. I, I, I'm still trying to wrap my head around this idea of, of 160 miles an hour on a, on a motorcycle headed for a corner. Yeah, no, I mean, is the answer to that question. No, ever. That's I mean, just what, nuts. And, and, and what was he saying? That, that, that he's got just these little leathers, these little pieces of cow skin protecting him from the asphalt, something like that. Yeah, I love when he said, well, I only fall six to eight inches. At 100 mile and 80 miles an hour or whatever, you're falling to six inches. And he calls it sliding, Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really don't want to slide at 160 miles an hour myself, do you? <laughs> no, and it, at some point the slide has to end and the asphalt turns into, you know, a wall or something. Jeez, <laughs> oh, like, no thank you. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, but crazy. I might go up there, you know, take him up on that offer. It's not It'd be fun to go watch. Yeah. Uh, that's what I think. Yeah. 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 Oh, God, don't get me near one, though. I love it, that, that kind of high-speed adrenaline, so. Jeez. Crazy. All right. Well, now you had, we're going we're gonna to get serious here for a second, because you, had, you, you went through something in the last, since the last episode, actually, last month, that we all have to go through at one point or another. So talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, I'm. It's it's actually still hard to talk about a month a month later. Um, I've I've had a fantastic horse in my life named Conquest. Uh, he was a gift from my wife when he was four months old, an Andalusian stallion, and um, I was blessed to uh, have a bond with a with an animal that that absolutely changed my life. Where I went from looking at horses to appreciating horses to riding horses to starting a horse related business to um the ride in Portugal classical riding school and uh you know everything that you could possibly um have share with a sentient being and uh and it's been a life changing lifelong experience as far as I'm concerned and and unfortunately after 19 years um 
a, a defect in, in his feet led to ring bone and, and I had to put, put my horse down and, and I don't really want to be Debbie Downer here, but it's just impossible. And I, and I think the only thing that's got to be worse would maybe be losing a child where when you have to put a horse down, that's so close to you and the, the hole in your heart. I'm sorry. No, don't be sorry. We've all, you know, I, we've all done it. And especially, you know, we've all put horses down, but then there's that lifetime horse and, you know, depending on the situations and yours wasn't that old, right? 18. Yeah, he was 18, but it was, it was a life with him that'll never get repeated. You know, right. I, I was newly married and, and went into it completely um, with no idea what, what horsemanship was and all of that and, and what I learned and how to relate to horses and the kindness that you have to learn and the patience. And, and then the, the reward that you get on the horse's back, um, it is, I mean, I, I understand why women or anybody gets on a horse and rides a circle if you're in that, that magic moment of, of, uh, of connectivity and where your thoughts and their thoughts and, and you think, gosh, you're just riding in a circle, but actually it's not. You're putting this foot in exactly this spot and this hind is following in time and, and you're working off this, this aid. And, and um, I, I really felt devastated because it, it will never be repeated. I, I can never be that young again. I can never be that supple. I can never have my hips be able to follow the horse's hips in flying changes and, and the caprioles or any of the bigger maneuvers that we were lucky enough to do together. But luckily for me, about a year ago, my wife saw the writing on the wall and she insisted that we make a a, 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 a baby horse, make us a, a get from conquest. And we did. Um, I was really hoping for a mare. Uh, my wife was really hoping for a, a, a colt that she could geld, and she got her wish. And so we we did have a colt, and uh, we gelded him very young. And the the interesting part about this is that although I can never be young again, the knowledge that I have in those twenty years that I'm imparting onto this horse, it's such a surprise to me and it's such a joy and it's, and it's helping to fill that, that missing spot in my life. Um, because I can see where that horse does something. And I remember what my reaction was. Uh, he would be precocious and, and I would be impatient, you know, and now he's precocious and I laugh because I know that this is just a stage that they're going through and, and I know how to get the horse's attention again. And it, and it's a lot like, you know, you hear Jamie talking about Monty Roberts and you don't break a horse, you gentle a horse or John Lyons. And, um, I didn't know that, 20 years ago, I definitely know it with this horse, and, and I'm, I'm so uh, fortunate to have the opportunity to, to see um, the best of my stallion in, in this young horse and then be able to experience growing old with it because, you know, this will likely be me, my last horse. Uh, if, if he leaps to be uh, 20, I'll be, in, I'll be 80-something. And, um, I, I fully expect to be able to, to start and ride this horse. I, I hope to start him in carriage in a couple of years and, uh, be able to enjoy that. And, and, uh, so for those of you that, that have a horse that you love and you're contemplating the, the, it's this impossible decision, um, I, I, I don't want to, from my experience now, it's, it's not the end of the world, especially if you consider 
getting a replacement horse that you can take the knowledge that you've that you've gained um, in the first horse and uh, be able to pass it on to the second one. And well, our thoughts are certainly with you on this. Um, as I said, we've all gone through this, Oof. and it's not easy. But I also, I also believe God puts things, and, and this is sometimes a job, it's sometimes a person, that there's something put in your life that you're not quite sure why, and this baby yeah. was, now you know the why. I didn't know it up until just recently, and, and uh, I, was, I was hesitant to get a relationship with this horse. I, I thought that it was going to be disrespectful to conquest or my memory of conquest. And, and my wife, uh, you know, she's, she got me into riding by saying, look, you don't have to, to brush the horse. You don't have to pick up the manure. You don't have to put the bridle or the saddle. Just get on and just go riding. And somehow she was able to have that same sort of wisdom when it came to the cult. And it was like, can you help me take the cult out to just lead it, to go out to grass? Or can you do this with the cult? And she started having me be involved with it. And now, you know, I'm so, so lucky that she, she led me into this to where now I'm, I'm actually feeling open to the idea of a, of a fresh relationship. And, and John Lyon said that one day we're going to be held accountable for how we treat our animals. And um, with Conquest, I, I have no shame in, in how I treated him, and, uh, and I, I had his best interest in mind, regardless how difficult it was, I had his best interest in mind, and, and, and I'll be accountable for that, and it'll be fine. Well, and you told, I mean, we're not going to go into it now, but you told me why and the whole reason, and you did the right thing. I mean, you did the right thing for the horse, and sometimes we, you know, sometimes we linger. I know I've done that with dogs and regretted that I didn't, uh, didn't put them yeah. down sooner. Um, yeah. When I look back, I went, oh, that dog was in a lot of pain, and I was just keeping it around for my benefit. Um, yes. <laughs> right? I mean, we've all done that. And, you know, yeah. some of us look back, and some don't have regrets. I do have regrets on, on one of them specifically. Um, and you did the right thing. But now, God, you know, God or whoever you believe in, fate or whatever, has put this other one in your life at the right time, the right place for you to take it and, you know, live out your, you'll have your second lifetime horse. And in our I, case, as I, we're getting older, it truly is that. <laughs> so. and you know what the fun part is? You know, my, I, I, I love flying and I'm into flying. And so uh, Jamie would understand this. We named this horse Sonic Boom. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. That's perfect. So his his name perfect. is Sonic for short. <laughs> and if there's any 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 horse right now, we call him Sonic Boomlet because he's not quite a boom. <laughs> <laughs> That's per I love that name. That's great. That is perfect. Perfect. Yep. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us. We really appreciate it. Now, I know a lot of you, Joseph was telling me a lot of you went out after the last episode and bought a shaken fork. If you haven't, you're just, you're not cool. So definitely go out and get your shaken fork. He talked about it a little further or a little earlier. Remind everybody what the website is. Uh, that would be at equitymanufacturing.com. That's E-Q-U-I-T-E-E-M-F-G.com. And uh, Diane and I man the phones here. We don't have a staff. And so if you have any questions, you can just give us a call. And thank you so much for supporting our sponsors. That means a lot. And it means that we that, you know they keep sponsoring because you support us and you, you support our shows. And we like that you put faith in us to know that the products that we're bringing to you work. Um, and we really appreciate that. 
tomorrow. And we're going to be back. Jamie's going to be here. Actually, uh, Jennifer's off. She's heading to New Mexico to do some riding with Tara over there at the ranch and play with cows, which has always been on her bucket list. So I will be here with Jamie, and Jemmy will be filling in. We will have really bad ads, so get your ads in to Jennifer at HorseRadioNetwork.com. And uh, we'll have some be announcing a new batch of prizes, so that'll be happening on tomorrow's episode. You can find all of the past episodes of The Horse Husbands on Horses in the Morning. Dot com. Just scroll down to the middle of the page. You'll see the Horse Husbands logo. Click on it, and it brings up all the past episodes. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. You can also get our app, iPhone or Android. We recently, like in the last week, had an update to the app. So if you uh, have not updated the app, uh, you want to do that. Go in into your phone and update the apps because we have new shows on there, and we rearranged it a little bit. So you'll definitely find the update to be helpful. Thank you, Joseph, for joining me. I really appreciate it again. You're welcome. Glad to be here. And thanks to Look our... forward to being here next month. Yeah, thanks to our wonderful guests, Patrick and Bill. We appreciate them being here. They were good guests. That's it for this month. We'll see you all, all you guys, next month, because no women have listened to this episode. And don't forget, spay, neuter, and geld your animals. I don't know what else you'd spay, neuter, and geld, but... Uh... <laughs>